and welcome to a Meaningful Mess podcast. I'm so stoked that you decided to listen and I hope that you enjoy. I'm your host, Andy McNair, and I'm a wife, mom, blogger, author, and passionate educator that believes in today's learners. I'm so glad that you found the podcast and I can't wait to share manageable and meaningful ideas for you to utilize in your classroom and beyond. My hope is that the ideas and strategies shared each week help you find meaning in your mess. After you listen, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast with anyone that you think might find it helpful. You can also connect with me over on my website at andymcnair.com, on Twitter at mcnairan3, and on Facebook and Instagram at A Meaningful Mess. Thanks for being here today. Let's get started. Welcome back to a Meaningful Mess podcast. Y'all, this is episode 37. It's the last episode of this season and the last episode of 2020. I cannot believe that it is already the end of the year. You know, in so many ways, it's gone by so slowly. And in other ways, it's gone by really quickly. But I have to say, probably as many of you, I am not super sad to see this year go on its merry way. Um, I am ready for 2021 and hoping um, that things get a little bit easier. This year has not been easy. It's been really difficult. And I always want to make sure that we acknowledge that and, and that I say thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Um, but it has been an opportunity to kind of reflect, look at what's working, what's not working, and an opportunity to create sustainable change moving forward. You know, in the last two podcasts, uh, the last two episodes, I talked about a couple of different things. In episode 36, I talked about PBL baby steps. And I think project-based learning is definitely something that needs to be more of a priority than it is. And then in episode 35, I talked about the value of self-assessment. And really, I'm going to hit a little bit on both of these today as we talk through. You're going to hear pieces of what I shared in each one of those podcasts um, in today's episode. But as we kind of talk through this, um, today I'm going to share the importance of documentation of learning. Now, you may be thinking, Andy, that doesn't sound super exciting, but stay with me because I think documentation of learning Throughout the remote learning experience and kind of as we move forward, we've realized that oftentimes the way that we've documented learning in the classroom does not always work for learning beyond the walls of the classroom. And, and I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what things are going to look like. But what I do know is that we are go there are going to be more options for learning. Our kids are going to, we're going to have kids who really were able to thrive in the remote learning environment. And we're going to have students who are going to come back to the classroom and are going to expect some of those same um, experiences or, or for things to look a little bit the same way. I don't think we're going to be able to shift right back to traditional learning. In fact, uh, it's my hope that we take some of these things that we've learned and that learning really never looks the same, right? That we're able to learn from this and grow from it as an educational community. So let's just say out loud, learning looks different right now. Yes, knowing what students truly understand is, is difficult, but it's more important than ever before. And so as we kind of think about that, 
what I'm saying is when your learners are not in the classroom, when they are not physically with you, it is really hard to know what they know. So as educators, you know, when they're in our classroom, we can see what is being learned. But when they're doing that at home or they're doing that outside of the classroom, it's if we're honest, it's even difficult to know if they are the ones doing the work. Right. How do we know that an older brother or sister, mom or dad, whoever, how do we know that that work is being done by them so that we can truly assess where they are and what they need? Documentation of learning is something that should be carefully considered and done in a way that is both manageable for educators and meaningful for our learners. I know some of you may be, if you listen to my podcast often, you may be like, how many times is she going to say those two words? I'm going to say them a lot, even in 2021, because moving forward, that is what is important. Everything that we are asking educators to do, everything that we are doing in the classroom has to be that manageable for the educator, meaningful for the learner. So what does that look like? How do we encourage documentation of learning and how can we do it in a way that makes sense? I think we have to consider what we're looking for within the documentation of learning and, and how we're going to know what our kids have learned. Basically, this is formative assessment, right? It's being able to know where they are, what they need from us, and what they need from the learning experience, but doing it in a way that is really meaningful and gives us the information that we need. So I think there are three essential pieces of learning that we have to consider when we are thinking about this documentation of learning or formative assessment, if you will. First of all, reflection is huge, right? I, I talk about it all the time, but I really do think that in education, we have focused so often on remembering. Remember this strategy, remember this vocabulary word, remember this math fact. And while there is a place for that, I think we sometimes forget how important reflection is. Um, I've often talked about how important reflection is for me and how important it was for me as an educator in the classroom. If I don't take the time to reflect on what has happened that day, what I've done, what went well, what didn't do well, then chances are I didn't learn anything from that. In fact, John Dewey said a long, a long time ago, he said, we don't learn from an experience. We learn from reflecting on an experience. And if that's the case, and spoiler alert, it is, if that's the case, then if we don't give our learners an opportunity to reflect, then the reality is the learning didn't happen. They may be able to remember it, they may be able to memorize it, but they will not remember it long term because it hasn't become personal to them. So I'm going to talk about some ways that you can prioritize reflection and how we can use that as an opportunity to document learning a little bit later in the episode. All right, the second um, kind of essential piece of learning that I think we have to remember, and this refers back to episode 35, is self-assessment. Being able to self-assess, to share what you know or need to know is an important skill that will be used well beyond the classroom. We have to give our learners the opportunity to do this. And as I talked about in episode 35, it is actually a social-emotional learning skill, right? To be self-aware enough to know, hey, here's what I did well here's what I didn't do well. And, and you know, reflection and self-assessment go hand in hand. Self-assessment is a form of reflecting 
on what students know and what they need. So if you're looking for a specific way to self-assess, I'll talk about that a little bit later um, in the episode as well. So reflection, self-assessment, and then depth of understanding. You know, documentation of learning should help us understand how deep of an understanding the learner has of a specific concept, idea, or standard. It's important that we can see, and I'm doing air quotes right now, you can't see me, but it's important that we can see this depth in what is assigned so that we can know how to differentiate. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've heard from educators a lot during this time is that differentiation has been hard because when they're not with us, it's hard to know what they need. So if you want to check out a framework for this and what I think it could look like, you, go, you can go over to my website at andymcnair.com slash DMLE. And so that just stands for Designing a Meaningful Learning Experience. And I actually created a framework. And part of that framework is enrichment and encouragement, right? Enrichment being, hey, if a kid is ready to go deep, right, if that depth of understanding is there, we have to offer that opportunity for enrichment. However, we also have those kids who are not ready to go that deep. And so we have to offer encouragement or extra support. So definitely something to check out. Again, andymcnair.com slash DMLE. Go ahead, check that out. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys as well. But we have to design experiences that provide the opportunity to learn the content at the depth that is most appropriate for our learners. And then we have to encourage reflection and self-assessment as a way to focus on where they are and what they need. So those three pieces, essential pieces of learning that I consider to be really important. Reflection, self-assessment, and depth of understanding. So keep those in mind as we kind of go through this episode and I share some really practical ways that you can encourage your learners to document their learning. All right, moving right along. I I think a big part of igniting a willingness to invest in our learners is providing choice. We know that choice is one of the eight C's of engagement. If you haven't heard of those, they're from the Thoughtful Classroom. Google it, do yourself a favor. I'm a big fan. Um, The eight C's of engagement just give us some ideas for how we can engage our learners, how we can hook them, how we can get them to that place of a willingness to invest in the learning. And choice is one of those. So it's not a bad idea to provide options for them to choose from as far as how they will document their learning. Now, remember, we want this to be manageable. So we want to make sure that if we're offering choice, that's something that we're going to be able to look at and see and and you know, it doesn't have to be, all right, you get six options every day of how to document your learning, because as an educator, it might not be manageable that you're going to be able to go back and look at all of those. But you might be able to offer different choices each day. So you might let them choose between two of these each day, or you might give them a different, a different way to document their learning every single day. I think it's just important that we don't do the same thing all of the time, right? That it doesn't, it doesn't get mundane. So I created a slide for you guys, and it's actually going to be in the blog post that I'm going to share in the show notes. And you can always find my blog by going to andymcnair.com 
clicking on Andy's blog, right? Pretty simple. Uh, but I created a slide for you guys to use and you could open it in Google Slides and you can utilize it however you want. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But it could be used as a choice board or just as a springboard of ideas for you. And so what I did was I shared six quick ideas of how learners can use what they've learned to show what they know, right? So there is an idea and then there's some blank space. And in that blank space, blank space, you could put a QR code, you could put instructions, you could put examples. I left that blank intentionally so that you could use this in the way that will work best for you. So I wanted it to be as open-ended as possible. And you can, again, you can access that. Um, you can see the image in the blog post and then you can access the choice board in Google Slides just by clicking the button within the blog post. Okay, so let's kind of go through these. First of all, um, that idea of reflection, sharing their reflection. I think a really practical way to do this is to encourage your learners to share their reflections on Flipgrid. This is manageable because it's something that can be done in the classroom and at home. It wouldn't be you designing two separate things. So I love the idea of going into Flipgrid, creating a topic, and having your topic be the reflection QR code from Tony Vincent. Now, if you haven't, if you've heard me talk at all, you've heard me talk about this. I share it all the time, but it is a randomized QR code that Tony Vincent created. His blog is learning in hand, lots of cool ideas over there, but he has a reflection code and every time they scan it, they get a different reflection question. So you could put that as the image in your topic on Flipgrid, and then you could encourage your kids to record their response. And if you haven't seen Flipgrid lately, now they can actually record video or they can simply record audio. So video doesn't have to be used if they don't they can record just like I'm doing right now, right? No camera, just audio. And so you could have them do that either way, give them choice in that as well. Very cool. So in the show notes, I will have the link to Tony Vincent's blog post where you can find that QR code. Again, in, in Flipgrid, I would give them the instructions. And in my blog post, you can see an example of this. And then I would put the QR code as the image. And so they're able to just reflect. And that's something you could use over and over and over again. Uh, super manageable, super meaningful. All right, number two, complete the self-assessment form. I mentioned earlier that back in episode 35, I talked about the self-assessment form and I actually shared a specific form with four questions that I thought could be super meaningful. And I actually share in, in another blog post and in this blog post as well, an example of that form. You're welcome to use it, make a copy of it, do whatever you want to with it. I just want it to be easy for you. Um, but the goal here is to understand what your learners gained and still need from a learning experience. So the questions are, what did you do well as you worked on this experience? Where did you struggle? What was hard? How would you rate your overall understanding of an experience of your experience? And this is a scale, a one through five scale. And then what questions do you still have? So if this is something you go, you know what? I would love for my kids to document their learning this way. Be sure to go back and listen to episode 35. I think that you will be glad that you did. All right, number three illustrate your learning. Now, keep in mind, moving forward, the first two were pretty specific, right? Reflection and self-assessment. All of these moving forward in some way, shape, or form have those three essential elements, right? Reflection, uh, self-assessment, 
and depth of understanding because that's our goal. We want to be able to see those three things. So number three is illustrate your learning. Creativity is important. It is, it's important for our learners to be able to express themselves in other ways than just saying it out loud or just writing it or just using words. Sometimes using images can really give us perspective into how deep their understanding is. So learners can illustrate in Google Drawings as part of a Google Classroom assignment. So when you're in Google Classroom, when you're assigning something, you can always choose Google Drawings. They could illustrate on pencil and paper. Let's not make it harder than it is. They could also use something like Padlet. Padlet is a great place for them to take a picture of their illustration and share it so that you can see all of those in one place. Um, creating a board on Padlet and asking your learners to post their illustrations, and then they can even record their voice explaining how their illustration represents the learning. They could do the same thing in Flipgrid. Just illustrations oftentimes will surprise you, right? Because I think when we give our kids the opportunity to create and to use creativity to share their learning, we're also bringing in critical thinking because they're having to really think through, what do I know? What do I understand? And how can I show this through an illustration? So it's moving beyond just answering questions and it's moving into really their perspective and how they see the learning. And when you can get there, that's when you start seeing all of those pieces, right? I'm seeing their reflection. I'm seeing their depth of understanding so that I know as an educator what I need to provide moving forward so that they can get to where I need them to get to. All right, next, and I think we're on number four. I always lose count. Use your learning beyond the classroom. This applies to, you know, connections. We talked about that in the PBL podcast that I did, episode 36. Uh, those connections beyond the walls of the classroom are so important, but we can start to utilize that really with any learning experience. So asking your learners to apply what they know at home or in an extracurricular situation, right? Use it in athletics, use it in, I don't know, chess club, whatever it is that they do, and ask them to document that through video or pictures that can be shared. They can share their documentation within your LMS, whether that's Schoology, Google Classroom, whatever, or they could record their reflection of the experience, right, with their video or their picture on Flipgrid. So many options here, so many ways you could do that. Um, this idea of learning beyond the classroom, I, I think I've shared this before on the podcast, but I think if you, if, you, if you have kids or if you've talked to kids at all or watched them use social media, they do something that they call streaks. And so they keep these streaks going. In other words, they send each other just random pictures. It may be of looking out the window. It may be of their shoes, whatever. But their goal is to keep streaks going for a certain amount of time. And they don't want to be the one to drop the streak. It's a big deal. Um, and so as they do this, it, it, like I said, it's important to them. And so I like the idea of encouraging your kids to keep streaks going as far as these beyond the classroom connections go. Stay with me. So if your kids are, you could challenge them, right? Challenge is another one of the eight C's of engagement. You could challenge them to, hey, when you leave class today, 
when you're at home, when you're driving down the road, when you're watching TV, I want you to look for connections to what we did in class. And if you can come tomorrow and you can share a connection, maybe you have a place where they share those, they write them down as soon as they come in, whatever. If you can do that, you keep your streak alive. However, the first time that you cannot come in or log into the LMS and share a connection that you've made, you lose your streak and you have to start over. You're also bringing in competition. So I just think that's such a cool idea to encourage them to uh, keep a streak alive as far as the, those connections go, because I think you'll get buy-in, right? And more of a willingness to invest, which is what engagement is. All right, number five, moving right along. Make something that shows what you know. I'm a big fan of Makerspace and encouraging learners to design, create, and make something that demonstrates what they've learned encourages application. And anytime a learner can apply what they know or apply what they've learned, we're getting deeper into understanding. Regurgitating it on a worksheet is one thing. <laughs> Congratulations, right? You can remember it. But when they can take it and they can apply it, when they can do something with it, that's when the learning becomes very real, very authentic, and something that they can do something with. So don't just think about, I mean, of course, they could use things around the house. They could use recyclable materials from school. All of those things could be used uh, as far as a makerspace experience goes. Let's say you're doing angles, right? You could say, I want you to design something out of these materials. Maybe you give them a specific list that represents what you know about angles. And then I want you to tell me why you made or created or designed that one thing. And I want you to share how it connects to this specific topic. But you could also consider having your kids design things like a video game, right? If you haven't seen Scratch, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Something you want to check out. Having your kids design a video game or an animation on Scratch about an idea, concept, or standard for their peers to play or for other people to play that they don't even know. Um, really authentic, really meaningful, and gives them an opportunity to, as I said, apply that learning and you to be able to see based on what they've designed or created, what that depth of understanding is. And that requires them to really reflect on their learning and kind of know, here's what I understand, here's what I don't understand. And really, in all of these examples, there might be a place where they get to where they realize, oh, wait, I thought I really understood this, but I don't, this piece I don't get. And now they get to kind of be self-aware and come and say, hey, what does this mean? What does this look like? And as educators, that's where we get to step in and really help them make those connections. So making something that shows what they know, not a bad idea. Finally, number six, explain the learning to someone else. Now, I want to be really clear here because I say it all the time. I am not a fan of peer tutoring. I do not think it is one student's, um, I do not think it is their responsibility to teach another student. If someone is not understanding something, I think it's okay for them to help and support. I don't think it should be on their shoulders. So that being said, though, I do like the idea of... Um, challenging learners to share their knowledge with someone else, right? This might be sharing their knowledge with an outside expert. It might be sharing their knowledge with another student, not necessarily to get that student to a place of understanding, but just to be able to share what they know and bounce ideas off of each other. 
They could write a book on Book Creator. If you haven't seen that, definitely a website you want to check out um, so that the, so that other people can read what they know, so that the class can read what they know, or they could create a website on Google Sites to demonstrate their mastery of the content. It might even be as simple as, like I said earlier, explaining what they've learned to a parent or a sibling. Ask them to record that exchange or to share their reflections on how it went. And when learners can explain their learning, they have moved beyond surface level and into a deeper understanding of the content. So as we kind of think through that, um, like I said, that being able to explain their learning to someone else, just consider how could I do that? How could I give my kids the opportunity to really um, use the protege effect, right? That's I've kept looking for that word and I couldn't find it. Use the protege effect to teach someone else. So when I think that's okay is when the kid who is helping someone else understand, even if it's another student, is getting something in return. So I think when I have a problem with peer tutoring, it's when that kid is expected to help the other student and they're not getting anything in return, right? I don't feel like they're utilizing their time well when that happens and it's frustrating to me. But if that's being asked, if that's being asked of them, and they are practicing their collaboration skills or their communication skills, or they're gaining something in, in um, as a result of that exchange, that's when I think it's beneficial. Okay, so let's go back through these ideas just so that we can kind of, uh, I'll give you the cliff notes here, right? Here we go. Um, so idea number one is share your reflection on Flipgrid. Idea number two, complete a self-assessment form. Number three, illustrate your learning. Number four, use your learning beyond the classroom. Number five, make something that shows what you know. And number six, explain your learning to someone else. You know, I hope that these ideas are helpful. Remember, the goal for all three of those is to weave in those three essential elements of reflection, self-assessment, and depth of understanding. If we can get those three pieces in, as we think about documentation of learning or formative assessment, I think that's when we'll really be able to give our learners, whether they are in class or they are at home, what they need, right? Differentiation is important regardless of where our learners are. So doing as many things as we can in the classroom that can also be done at home, so important. And I feel like all six of these can be done regardless of where the kids are, which makes it more manageable for you as an educator. So like I said, you feel free to use this as a choice board or a springboard of ideas. Um, totally your call. The reality is that documentation of learning is a form of assessment. These strategies can help track attendance and help educators know and understand where our learners are and what they need in order for the learning to be meaningful. So if you want to check this out and you want to learn more about it, again, you can go to andymcnair.com um, and you can just find the blog post documentation of learning. My podcast, the recording of the podcast will also be there and I will put the link in the show notes. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope it's something that you can use. Happy, happy new year. Uh, Merry Christmas. I'm actually recording this a little bit before Christmas. I don't know when you'll listen to it. It may be June when you listen to this podcast, but whatever, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope that you are. Um, I hope that you have learned from 2020. I hope that we are able to move beyond this and 2021 is a much better year. 
thank you again for the work that you do and the work that we will continue to do moving forward. I will talk to you soon. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to learn with me today. I absolutely love this community and enjoy sharing and learning with you. Check out today's episode notes by swapping up in most podcast apps. If you'd like to learn and connect more, you can follow me over on Twitter at McNairAN3, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Meaningful Mess. You can always find tons of resources, inspiration, and information over on my website, andymcnair.com. Be sure to check out my blog, Genius Hour resources, and so much more. Enjoy the rest of your day, and as always, I hope that today's episode has inspired you to find meaning in your mess.